Hello, everyone. Welcome into another episode of Kentucky Daily, a daily podcast covering your University of Kentucky Wildcats. I'm Sean Smith, joined as always by Derek Terry. Derek, how are you today? Hanging in there, Sean. Hanging in there. How you doing, buddy? Same here. Just hanging in and uh, inching <laughs> our way toward kickoff. It's just around the corner, Derek. This is now Tuesday of the week leading up to game week. So here a few more days, we'll actually kick off game week coverage with Mark Stoops' press conference on Monday. But we have a lot to talk about uh, today. So we're, we're going to go through our list of superlatives for the 2021 season, the way that we see it with breakout players and MVPs of each side of the ball. But before we get into that, Derek, we, we need to talk about uh, five Kentucky players named preseason coaches All-SEC, the same group that was named All-SEC by the media with Darian Kennard, Chris Rodriguez, Luke Fortner, Josh Paschal, and Yusuf Corker. So Kentucky's represented on that one as well. Yeah, um, certainly no disagreements for me there. I think it was the same exact order as well, wasn't it, Sean? Uh, Kennard was first team, um, Paschal was second team, and then the others, those other three guys were all third team. So – you know, it was following the pattern. Um, I didn't look at this list as close. Matter of fact, I'm just now kind of looking very close to it. But I think, oh, old friend alert, Grant McInnes, third team All-CC punter. How about that? Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, he'll be back in Lexington this year. So I guess he took advantage of his extra season because he should have been gone by now. That dude was punting. Uh, remember watching him sell a punt through the end zone in a big situation against Tennessee way back in 2016. So, uh yeah, this guy's been around a long time, Sean. I, well, I remember when he first started, and they weren't very good in the punting category at all. And it was – I mean, the, the ball, there was no distance, there was no power, there was no nothing. So it's cool to see him make that, even though it's not at Kentucky, it's at Missouri. But you mentioned, yeah, that week two matchup, not only is it a big game for Kentucky and Mizzou, it's a, it's a big game for, for Grant coming back to Lexington. But I don't have any – I don't really have any arguments with it as well uh Rodriguez there on the third team you know he's going to take some offense to that I'm sure Derek can maybe try to get on that first team or something in the in the postseason Kennard obviously leading the way first team that that was a, a big time then you mentioned guys taking advantage of a COVID year Luke Fortner taking advantage of that and there he is uh, going to anchor that offensive line right in the middle of it it's pretty cool to see his name on that list again too it is. That's a nice honor for him. He's uh been around a long time this will be his third year as a starter and of course he's going to be playing a different position this go around, but still nice to see some recognition for him. Um, you know, having two guys on the all SEC or on the all SEC teams for, for both the coaches and media and, you know, two guys on that starting offensive line. I think that just continues to kind of heap some praise on that unit. So I'm, I'm going to ask you this and don't, you don't have to give who it is, but when we're talking about MVPs, anybody in that five going to be one of your MVPs possibly? One of them should be, but I don't think I'm going to choose them. <laughs> but I'll explain why uh, once we get to it. So let's just go ahead and uh, – How about you? you? You going to say so? Well, I was thinking that both, but one of them is. One of them – one of my MVPs is on there, but I'm going to go a different route on the offensive side. So, Derek, let's just jump right into this thing then. Let's, let's talk. So we're going to do offensive and defensive MVP, breakout player to watch, and then we're going to do freshman of the year on both sides of the ball. And the way this goes is we're probably surely to be right and we're surely to be wrong. Like something's going yeah. to, We're going to get some of these right and then some guy that's going to surprise us. So let's go ahead and start offensive 
breakout player? Who's your breakout player? Can I cheat? <clears throat> Excuse me. Can I cheat and go with two? Go for it. I'm going to say Will Levis is one. Uh, I think he's going to – I think he's going to take a big step. I think – I wrote a predictions piece today. I'd actually written it a few weeks ago, but um, posted it online today. And I, it's a super low bar, should be anyway. But I had him throwing for over 2,500 yards this year, which I wrote. Uh, 80 or sorry, 65 quarterbacks did that in 2019. You know, the last year that was like normal last time there were 13 games for most teams that made a bowl. Um, so it like uh, half of the you know FBS does it pretty much, so it should not be a very high bar. And I felt like he will clear that this season. It's it's actually a little bit under 200 yards per game if UK makes a bowl, which I think they will. So that seems reasonable, right? That you would hope that Kentucky's offense with the change will be able to throw for at least 200 yards per game. You, I mean, yeah, so. you, you would hope so, for sure. But when you look at Levis from where he was at Penn State, obviously as a backup to coming on, I think as a first year as a starter, if he threw for that many yards, I think that's a really solid thing. And then I think Cummings has to be included just because I see him um, being the kind of guy that when we go into next season, I think he'll be a name people around the league. We'll, we'll remember and we'll look at. Now, when I ask you, when we're talking about breakout players, is, is it okay if my breakout player only has one year left in the program? Yes. Josh Ali. Josh Ali is my breakout like player. Just because – and that's the thing. Like, Even though he was Kentucky's best wide receiver a year ago, did he really get to do anything, Derek? Have we really seen Josh Ali do anything? How many of those 54 receptions that he had were just jet sweeps that got credited as passes because <laughs> probably 20 plus, honestly. <laughs> so and I just think that having a guy like Wandale in your program to attract so much attention that I just think Ali is going to be the guy there, Derek, that's going to get a lot of balls and make a lot of plays. And to me, we'll have his best production he's had in his career at Kentucky. And it's, it's unfortunate that it's going out. But I think that he's going to be my breakout guy. I like that one. I mean, you're talking about a a guy who I would argue maybe could have been that two years ago before all the quarterback injuries. Yeah. He, he was setting up to be a really nice third option. So I don't know what his numbers would have looked like, but it felt like in that bowl game when he caught the game winning a touchdown pass. And, you know, we talked about Terry Wilson coming back last year. I think, Hell, dude, one of us might have picked him last year to be the breakout guy on the offense. Uh, I, I can't did, remember honestly. if did or not. Yeah. So, yeah, you're, you're all about it then. Uh, <laughs> well, and, and for the record, this was going to be Keaton Upshaw for me. This yeah. was going to be where I was going to have him for a breakout player. And and ideally, you would you would love for your breakout guy to at some point become your offensive MVP. That, that's the mm-hmm. trajectory you like to take. But for, for Ali, I don't think you have to be the offensive MVP because I think there's going to be other guys there. I would also throw Rashawn Lewis into this, given what we've seen from fall camp and some of the things that we've heard that they could it could be a, a guy like that, maybe a Jatah McLean and everything. Uh, it'll be interesting to see, but we know there's going to be breakout guys, hopefully multiple, Derek. A lot of these guys break through on offense. Yeah, you, you, would, you would hope that that would happen. And, you know um, – I feel like UK's offensive line is so established that I probably wouldn't go with anyone there as a breakthrough, but who knows? I mean, maybe someone who we don't talk about as much as Kennard or or Fortner. I mean, I suppose Rosenthal can maybe be that guy. You might be able to throw him in. I mean, he could end up 
it seems like the potential is there for him to be one of the best left tackles in the in the conference. I yeah. mean, if he lives up to his potential, so I could see him as an option. But I feel pretty confident with those Levis and um, Cummings pick. I'm a little less sure of just because he does have still have a couple of guys in front of him as of now. But I kind of feel like that'll change once the year gets going. But maybe he doesn't get quite enough volume to to totally fall in there. But um, what about defense, Sean? You got a lot of guys back. One of the most experienced defenses probably that Stoops has had in his career on that side of the ball. So who are you thinking there? I told you. Right. I told you before we started recording, I was going to go Carrington Valentine, but I'm going to hold off. I'm going to wait a year on this one. I'm going to go Jordan Wright. Well, I like it. You're giving uh, these old guys some love. I like it. I'm giving I just because I think that the way that we saw Jamin Davis really break through a year ago, I'm not saying that Jordan Wright's going to break through and become a first round NFL draft pick. But Derek, when you look at the guy and his length and, and his size and everything, and we watched him the other day, uh, I can't remember. I think it was Levis is looking up and here's right running right at him. Yeah. On, on one play. And I could see if he stays healthy. And they get that in, they get that edge on the defensive side, all that experience you're talking about, that unit we're expecting to be good. I could see a guy like Jordan Wright being a guy that really thrives in maybe third down situations, something like that, and making a lot of plays. Yeah, I like that pick. I, I'm with you. I mean, and he's had a knack for having a finding the big play in his career. I mean, he scored I, it was I didn't mean for it to be a shot at people last year, but I guess it could have been. But I tweeted, or no, I think it might have been on our podcast after the Mississippi State game. We talked about how he scored some more touchdowns on those guys who played offense for a few years. So <laughs> it kind of has a way about him uh, making a big play. I like that pick. I mean, and, you know, especially with Weaver, it, it actually sounds like Weaver's made somewhat of a miraculous recovery or a very speedy recovery. So he might be back even sooner than we thought, but you still would expect Jordan to, to play a ton. Especially that first game, I just think they're not, not they're not going to use JJ any more than what they have to. Um, but either way, I mean, Wright is going to have a spot on that defense. I mean, especially when you throw in the situation with Vito Tisdale and Joel Williams, two guys that they were probably going to use a little bit closer to the line of scrimmage in some of those packages. I mean, if you're worried about not having those guys, then maybe once you feel a little bit more comfortable with a, a larger workload for Weaver, I mean, maybe you see Jordan Wright go over to Sam linebacker yeah. or uh, yeah, strong side over there on the other side. So that'll be something to and, watch. Um, and that's what I was getting at too, is like, if, if someone gets to a point, Derek, that they become so good that you can't keep them off the field, you look at moving guys around. Yeah. And I think Kentucky's got the players that have the athleticism to do that. I want to say they did that for, um, or maybe they didn't. Maybe they – I want. I felt like they moved um, Jordan around at some point last year, but I'm thinking I might be off on that. But uh, if you're not going to take him, I guess I will on Carrington Valentine. <laughs> He's the uh, – I knew I it was going your guy. I knew – Derek loves Carrington Valentine. <laughs> well, I mean, I just think the way he was talked up last year, you watch him in practice, you know, he was matched up a lot with Josh Ali the day that we were there. I'm sure those two have – probably tired of each other at this point how much they've probably gone against each other in camp um but he he gets that um you know i'm not i'm with you like we're not talking about this josh allen jamin davis he stopped the rises but like he kind of fits the lowly recruited guy in a recruiting class that was very highly thought of and no one like talked at all about Carrington valentine and then he's one of the most talked about guys in the whole class when he gets on campus I just think someone like that so have been able to kind of break through as quick as he did. Um, I think he's going to start 
this season, play very well, and he'll start every game as long as he's healthy until he leaves UK. And you mentioned those matchups with Josh Ali. Not only is that going to help Carrington Valentine, it's certainly going to help Josh Ali as well. So that was another thing too, Derek, that uh, when we get into this and I, I start thinking about breakout players is the competition and practice is only going to make these guys better. And that's something that years ago was missing. But now you've got matchups all over the field that's leading to competition. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Uh, so let's let's transition now. Let's do freshman of the year. We'll save MVPs for last. So give me your offensive freshman of the year. You you could probably go a couple of ways with this. Yeah. Um, do red shirts count? <laughs> I, I count red shirts. Yeah. Let's go red shirts. They're still freshmen. It's actually kind of hard to even know who is a. I, I feel like the way that they did it with the COVID year, I think they just like kind of moved everybody who played at all up well, to the sophomore class. I have no idea with the basketball <sighs> roster either, who's what and who's with the way they send things out. But, yeah, it, red, let's count red shirts as well. Well, just to switch things up, I probably could have saved Cummings for this, although he's listed as a sophomore. But I feel like second-year guy should probably be included this year just because of how the eligibility works. But how about this? I don't think – I mean, this was going to be an easy to Cal Crowder's pick, right? It was. Got hurt. Yep. So now I'll more so lean towards saying that none of these guys will, will have a huge impact. But I would say Chauncey Magwood probably sets up at this point. I think he might be the guy who plays the most. But I'll tell you something to watch, man. I don't know if he's going to get enough run to really be included as a serious MVP top guy. I bet Lavelle Wright plays a little bit this year, though. Well, he He's continued to get some first-team reps. And then again, when we're talking about these off-the-field things, until we know what's going on with Tom McClain, um, and you add in Cavassier Smoke's kind of injury situation, and I think Wright might be ahead of Michael Drennan right now. Like, I don't think Wright is crazy far off from from seeing some carries. So I, I would include him in the mix, but I'm going to, I guess, to pick one, I would say Chauncey Magwood, unless Crowdis can get back and be healthy pretty early in the year, and then it could probably still be him. Magwood was my pick as well. I, I was going to go Magwood because I think that's the safest pick unless DeKell's healthy. Uh, do you give Chris Lewis any chance at maybe week seven, eight, nine, kind of getting to the point that he breaks through, Derek, and if he, after having maybe two or three months in the program? I think it'd be really good for him if if he did. I mean, I think he's going to be close anyway. Oh, but how important is it for them to redshirt some of these guys out of this class, though? Do you think that that's a big deal, or do you think it's because this is this class? When you look at it, at that wide receiver position, should be when you look here two or three years down the road, 
should be just experience all over the field at that position for UK. If yeah, it lives say, up to what we think it's going to live up to. Yeah, I mean, I still say don't don't just blow red shirts. Just, I mean, you get the four games to work with. I think, you know, they need to need to take advantage of it still. Um, I mean, you're talking about two guys. Well, I mentioned Rye and Magwood. I think they're both going to see some time. But, I mean, you're still talking about Jagger Burton and David Wallabo, two freshman offensive linemen who are kind of pushing second team. I mean, I could see Burton playing, and he could he could go down as your offensive MVP, perhaps out of default if he ends up playing more than a lot of those guys. Um, but I think you'll see a lot of those DBs. You know, Jordan Jordan love it. I think he's probably a redshirt guy, but he's got a good future. Thrower and Wallace are going to be tough, but then you got a couple of those defensive linemen too. So I mean, I think that'll probably be hopefully more than half they'll be able to redshirt. I don't have the list of the guys pulled up in front of me, but. It's probably good to have some of those guys on the cusp that you don't really know which way to go with them. Maybe they could help you more, but maybe it's better to save it for the long term. But I don't know. I kind of wonder if just instant eligibility when transferring to might lead a school to play some guys more than maybe they would have in other years, just out of fear that maybe you won't get them very long anyway, if that makes sense. Yeah, it, it does make sense. And then uh, moving over to the defensive side when it comes to freshman of the year, Derek, is there – is there anywhere else to go other than Trevin Wallace? I mean, really? No. no, no, I, no. There's not. And I think that I mean, you're talking about a guy that Derek, they're viewing in the program as a future star, a guy that just has star written all over him. I don't – maybe we can find out today. I'll be going over to football here shortly, um, probably as soon as I get off this podcast. But as of Saturday, Jacquez Jones is still not back out there. And he's, he's basically missed all of camp at this point. And Wallace has been taking first-team reps for a while. I just think you're getting close to the point where if he can handle it, you're probably going to roll with him week one against Louisa Monroe. So, it'll be interesting. We should get that first depth chart next Monday. So, we'll see where he is there. And that's not one of those things where you're looking at and saying, ah, man, Kentucky has to put a freshman in there. I mean, you're talking about a guy that's living up to the potential so far in camp. Yeah, I mean, you got guys like Jared Casey who could start there or – I mean, I know he's probably – I don't think he's even played in a career game, but even a guy like Luke Fulton has been in college for a few years. If you really, like, were just so concerned about, about having to play a freshman, I mean, I think he's probably just better than those other guys. And now we'll go defensive MVP, and then we'll wrap it up with offensive MVP, Derek. I'm, I'm going to go there, – there were a couple guys that I looked at here. I looked at a guy like DeAndre Square and thought that I, he could lead them in tackles this year, and I think that that could, could get him there. Josh Paschal, if he's able to stay healthy. I'm going to go Yusuf Corker. I think that that's a guy that is going to play his way into being possibly one of the highest guys drafted off this team. He he was considered for me. I like that pick a lot from you. Um, <laughs> yeah, he's number two for me. I, I'm going to go with Paschal, though. Yeah. Uh, and then third, I would probably have – Bully ball, Marquand McCall, if he That's, stays healthy out there. I think those are probably your three that you're looking at. But Pascal, I mean, I think I think if he didn't get hurt last year and, be, and you know, he was slowed pretty bad by that knee injury, if he didn't get hurt last year, I think he might have come into the season, no question, as their best defensive player. Yeah. And he could almost – I mean, I think it would have been a close argument with J.J. Weaver, too, had Weaver never gotten hurt. He, he might have been. Up there, well, so that's pretty good uh, for that side of the ball. I mean, how good is it though that we're up. able to pick different people 
Like yeah, that's that's cool. a that's a really good thing, right? Like your guy for sure. And then my guy Corker, you can't I mean, you can say you could see all two or three guys taking home that title. I mean, even a guy like Ty Asian, like he doesn't get talked about as much as those other guys, but he's been around for this is his third year starting. Like he makes some plays. I mean, going all the way back to his freshman year against Mississippi State. You know, he had a pick against Tennessee last year. Um he had a huge tackle against Ole Miss. Ultimately, they ended up losing, but you remember that? I think he kept yeah. it from getting a first down. Um, so, I mean, I, he he's he's a kind of off-the-wall pick. Like, I, I wouldn't probably have him in my top three, but I'm not saying it's impossible that he wouldn't no. blow up his senior year and, and be one of the best guys on this team. Could be a breakout guy, right? Yeah. It could be in that breakout. Let's go to the offensive side, and we're going to wrap up right here. You said that – so, was Pascal your MVP that was off that list? No, it'll be right here. Okay. On this. So maybe I did screw that up. Because <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking – I was thinking – I was like, that. okay, Levis is your breakout. If Rodriguez yeah. isn't your MVP, where are you going, Kennard? Because you could. You could do Kennard. could. No, yeah. So I, I just screwed that up. My <laughs> offensive guy, I was – I'll go with Wandell Robinson. But the guy probably – the easy one and who probably will end up being ultimately is Chris Rodriguez. Um. But I pick Wandell on the website, and I'm going to stay consistent um, with that. I, I think Wandell, like Lynn Bowden is the high water mark for receivers in the Stoops era. Um, his 2018 season, I think he had 67K. I, I looked this up not too long ago. I might have been for that story, actually. And Bowden's year was the best year out of all those guys. There were some other guys early on. Um, Garrett Johnson had a couple of good years. Um Baker had a good year in 2014, but I think Robinson could have the most catches. I mean, I think he could clear 70 catches for sure, end up as the most um, – if he's healthy, I think he's going to be used just so much. And, I mean, you know, 12 games, if he catches at least five a game, I mean, that's already 60 right there. So he's already pushing Bowden, but surely he's going to have some games where he gets used even more than that and catches more passes. So, I mean, I think he can clear 70, 70 receptions this year and and go for the most yards in the Stoops era. So, that's kind of why I picked him. But Rodriguez is probably the right pick. And I'm going with neither. <laughs> oh, okay. You and I'm, I'm going with Will Levis, and here's oh. why. Not from a numbers standpoint. But if Kentucky is wanting to do anything different and be different, it all falls on the arm of a quarterback. And it's something that they haven't had, Derek. So I'm going to go most valuable thing to this team is Will Levis's arm because then that's going to allow Wondell Robinson, Josh Ali, and these other guys to make plays. I just think having someone that has the ability to put that ball out there and put it in, a, in the area to where someone can make a play is something that's been missing for a while. They've they've had quarterbacks that to me haven't allowed their receivers to really make plays. I think that's a very logical, sound reason to choose him. Um, <laughs> I thought you was about to like shoot me down right there. Oh no, I think that's a good way to a good way to choose him. I think you're right, like in the sense that his numbers might not be as good as some of those other guys, but his importance, you know, if he. I, basically what you're saying, right, is like these other guys probably aren't going to have MVP-capable seasons unless yeah, yeah. he's good enough. Yeah, so I get that. Yeah. Absolutely. And that's that's why I was going with it. But, I mean, I certainly think that Wondell Robinson will be their best offensive player, but 
most valuable, I, I'm going to go with Levis. Uh, the good thing across the board here, Derek, is it sounds like Mark Stoops has a uh, very good problem if he, if he doesn't know who his best guy is or who the most valuable is because you could name off to me, you could name off three guys, four guys on offense. I think you could go Rodriguez. You could go Wandell. I think you could even go Ali, certainly uh, Kennard. And on the defensive side, you can go four or five names that could be your, your MVP. That That's, to me, the proof is in the pudding there that Mark Stoops has built something in Lexington that hasn't been there prior to him. When you have multiple guys, I remember a year ago, though, you could have named Max Duffy the MVP of yeah. the team. Uh, so we're expecting Kentucky to have a good year. Obviously, you picked them with nine wins on our predictions. I had them with ten. I think they fall. So a nine would be where I would put it. I just don't know who that third loss comes to. Maybe it doesn't come. Your your coworker has them eleven and one, and yeah. you never know. I mean, you you never know, Derek. Uh, I, I do think that this is going to be a good year for Kentucky fans. Yeah, I'll be I'll be. We need to keep this one in mind that we wrote down and come back once the uh, regular season ends, probably. And revisit it, see you know where we were right, where we were off. I mean, there there could be someone we didn't mention at all well, on this podcast who ends up having the best year out of everybody. One thing that I think we should start doing in this media world. I mean, we we're media. This is a this is a show. I think we should do our weekly superlatives as an episode, yeah. like MVP of the offense, MVP of the game, all that. I think we should do it, and we'll announce it and put it on here and everything. Yeah, we need to go do our predictions a couple of days before the game, come back on our big Monday episode, revisit it, where we were right, where we were wrong, and uh, absolutely talk about that. Well, you got to do all the good stuff here. You got to get over to Kroger Field for football interviews. I'm not in Lexington today, but Derek always is in Lexington. So <laughs> Derek's going to make his way over to uh, to football, so be, be checking out the catspaws.com, Derek's Twitter feed for uh, all post-practice coverage, and he will be back again tomorrow for another episode. He's Derek Terry. I'm Sean Smith. 